Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the you have your Bibles or your iPhones or iPads and you have the Bible app there, you can go ahead and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're just going to read one verse, really. It's just verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Also, I actually figured out right before service, um, I didn't know how to do it before, but I just somehow figured it out. Um, if you have the Version Bible app, I think most people do, maybe not everyone does, I don't know. But if you have an Android or an iPhone, uh, you should be able to get it on there. If you have the uh, Uversion Bible app already downloaded, you can go to events on there. And the message is actually live today. It's live on under events on the Uversion Bible app. And you can find uh, the notes and you can even find the scripture references that will be in the, the message today. So if you want to open that up uh, and follow me along in the message, you can do so. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, and it says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Father, we just thank you today, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for the opportunity to stand here today. And the freedom, Lord, to do what we do, to do life together. The freedom to, to come and worship you in, in this place in public. And, and we just give you thanks and praise today. We just ask, Lord, that you uh, would move in this place today. That you would touch every heart, every life. I know behind every person that is in the seats today, there is a story. And that story is important to you. It matters to you. And so I pray, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what everyone is going through in this place today, I pray, Lord, that you would reach out and that you would touch every heart, you would touch every mind, that you would speak. I pray your anointing upon me. I pray that you would just anoint my heart, anoint my lips as your messenger to speak the word that you have placed on my heart. I pray, Lord, that you would open our ears to understand, to hear and understand and apply the word of God to our lives. For we know that the grass withers and the flowers fade. The word of the Lord will stand forever. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The hope of Christmas. What is hope? To believe, to desire, to trust. The feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. Perhaps in biblical terms, it is an indication of certainty. It is a strong and confident expectation. It is to look forward to something with anticipation. As I was studying this, I came across some some pretty powerful things. One of them was in the Matthew Henry commentary. And it says this, Our happiness is not in present possession. We are saved by hope. In this, as in other things, God hath made our present state a state of trial and probation that our reward is out of sight. Those that will deal with God must deal upon trust. It is acknowledged that one of the principal graces of a Christian is hope which necessarily implies a good thing to come, which is the object of that hope. Faith respects the promise, hope the thing promised. Faith is the evidence, hope the expectation of things not seen. Faith is the mother of hope, 
we do with patience wait in hoping for this glory. We have need of patience to bear the sufferings we meet with in the way of it and the delays of it. Our way is rough and long, but he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And therefore, though he seemed to tarry, it becomes us to wait for him. I also came across uh, what I thought was a really good quote from Pastor John Hagee. I don't know if any of you listened to him or heard of him or follow him. Uh, but he pastors a great church in the San Antonio area. And he said this, hope is God's gift to every believer. Whatever you place your hope in, whether a person or things, will determine the validity of your hope. Is your hope in God or in the things of this world? God has tailor-made plans for you, plans that expose his unsearchable riches. Do you want to discover God's plan for your life? If so, then hope in God. This morning, as I talk to you on the subject, the hope of Christmas, I want to kind of break down, uh, if you will, the names of God in this scripture verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it starts out saying, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Then it goes on to say, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to start today by explaining the first name, and that is the Wonderful Counselor. The Bible says he will be called Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? Uh, has anybody in, in, in this place today ever been given counsel? Have you, have you been given counsel by somebody? Uh, maybe some of, the, uh, some of the men in the room. Has your wife ever tried to give you counsel on something like fixing the lawnmower or maybe hanging up a picture frame on the wall in your house? Has your wife ever tried to give you counsel on something that you felt like you didn't really know if that was her area of expertise? I think... Some of the men are afraid to raise their hands. They don't want to get, get elbowed. But uh, have you ever been given counsel by someone? And for the men, you just you give, you give your wife the hand and you say, I got this. Babe, I, I got this. Or maybe for some of the ladies in the room. Uh, and let me just say before I go. Uh, now for me, I probably could have used some counsel in the first few months of our marriage because let me tell you when it came to hanging a picture frame or a shelf or something on the wall I definitely needed some counsel because I was not that I'm still not that great at it right now but I was terrible the first few months of our marriage let me tell you there were some times where I thought I was going to throw the hammer across the room I mean it was it was pretty brutal so uh, there's this uh, there was this one time we had this like glass shelf and it was so complicated for one like there was like two knobs, and you had to get them exactly aligned. And if you didn't get those perfectly, I'm talking about perfect. I mean, you had to get them perfect because there was holes in the glass shelf. And if you didn't get the two knobs perfectly aligned on the wall, then the shelf, the holes would not go down on it. And it, would, it, just, it, would just, it was chaotic. And I, we worked on that thing for I don't know how long, and I finally said, I'm done with this. Like, we didn't even end up hanging it on the wall. We ended up, we, there was holes in the wall. There was like... We covered it up with like canvases. I mean, it was it was bad. So, anyway, there, there there's a funny story for you. Maybe for some of the ladies in the room, have you ever had your husband try to give you counsel about something like decorating the house or what candle scent to buy at Bath and Body Works? And and the ladies just roll their eyes and they say, "Bless his heart." And so. Uh, I don't know if anybody's in here, if you've ever been in that situation, ever been in a situation of counsel. There are times in life that we all need 
a counselor. Somebody say amen. It is good to know that we have someone we can put our hope in. Even when it seems like there is no one else to turn to, we have a wonderful counselor in this life who gives us the counsel that we need. And it's always at just the right time. You see, when it says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, this speaks of his divine wisdom. This speaks of the divine wisdom of God. And it's so cool because when we speak of God being our Wonderful Counselor, he's not just a counselor. You know, there's many counselors in this life. You can have a mentor. Uh, you can ha- go to a professional counselor. There's many avenues you can take in getting counsel and seeking advice. But the, but the greatest thing about God, when you put your hope in him, You have a wonderful counselor who is not just a counselor, he is the counselor. Because God does not just have wisdom, he is wisdom. The Bible tells us that if you you search that out and you go on to to read through the Bible, I think it's in, um, maybe it's Proverbs, but there's lots and lots of verses of Scripture that talk about wisdom and how God is wisdom. So when you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, you're not just going to someone who will maybe... I can get the answer. Well, maybe I, I, maybe this will be right. One thing that I can guarantee you for sure is that if you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, you will not be disappointed because he is wisdom. He is not just a counselor. He is not just uh, uh, one of many. He is the. He is the counselor. He is wisdom himself. So when we go to him, we will not be disappointed because this speaks of his divine wisdom and we can trust him because He and He alone is our wisdom. Just a couple of verses of Scripture that uh, you can reference um, under the the subject of Him being our wonderful counselor. Isaiah chapter 14, uh, verses 24 through 27, and it says this, The Lord of heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. I will break the Assyrians when they are in Israel. I will trample them on my mountains. My people will no longer be their slaves, nor bow down under their heavy loads. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all nations. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? He is, he and he alone is divine wisdom. No one can stop him. No one can change him. His plans will prevail. Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride leads to conflict, but those who take advice are wise. When we place our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ, and we seek Him for counsel, and we seek Him for comfort, and we seek Him for advice and for wisdom, that's how we become wise. And we will never be disappointed because He is, He is our wonderful counselor. The second one is Mighty God. It says He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. What does that mean? Mighty God speaks of the divine nature of God. It speaks of His divine nature. He is sovereign. He is in total control of every situation, of every detail. There is no plan. There is no scheme. There is no thought or idea that He is not aware of. He is Almighty God, and He will have the final word. I want to read to you a passage that I did not put on the screen because it's so long, but stick with me. I will try to read through it fast, but the passage was so long that I didn't want to put it on the screen. So it's Isaiah chapter 40. If you want to turn there and you're following along, you can if you want. It's Isaiah chapter 40, and it's starting in verse 12. 
And uh, this subject of passage, basically, the theme of it is that the Lord has no equal. And again, it's talking about how uh, the divine nature of God, that He is Almighty God. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 12, and it says, Who else has held the oceans in His hand? Who has measured off the heavens with His fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. And I want to stop here and insert something that's really funny. Actually, I was thinking about this as I was studying the message when it talks about how we are nothing but dust Nothing more than dust on the scales. And as I was growing up, my stepdad would always tell me this line. Like, it would just be super random. Like, we might be, you know, just talking, having a conversation. And he said this to me all the time when I was younger. And now we still say it when when we're visiting them for the holidays or just visiting them. And we'll say it and we'll just laugh and laugh and laugh. But he always said this line to me. He always said, son, you're nothing but a speck of dust on a mud ball. Or sometimes he wouldn't say it to me, but we'd just be talking about, you know, we'll be having a conversation and maybe just talking about, you know, uh, famous people or certain people that think that they're, you know, just above everyone else. And he would just say, you know, the reality is they're nothing but a speck of dust on a mud ball. And so, but if you think about it, it's so funny, but it's so true. Like, the earth compared to our God is so small. We are so um, finite. We are so small compared to our God because he is so big and there's nothing out of his hands. There's nothing out of his control. And, And again, it says... For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Isn't that amazing? All the wood in Lebanon's forest and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes they count for less than nothing, mere emptiness and froth. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Have you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began. Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below him seem like grasshoppers. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root. When he blows on them and they wither, the wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the, sto- all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name because... Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you ever heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust 
in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He is mighty God. He is the everlasting God. There is no equal. There is no other anchor. There is no other foundation. There is no other person or thing in this life that you can put your hope in that will not fail you. God is our hope. God is our anchor. God is our firm foundation. He is our shelter, our strong tower, our shield, our protector, our provider, our defender, and the lifter of our head. He will not fail you. If you've come to the river this morning and you're looking for one more glimpse of hope before calling it quits, let me encourage you that you will find more than just a glimpse if you will put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. If you are at the end of your rope this morning, turn to Him and you will find hope, peace, and rest. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I'm tired of hoping in my job. I'm tired of hoping in the next paycheck. I'm tired of hoping that something will turn out right. I'm tired of hoping in this and I'm tired of hoping in that and I'm tired of hoping so much in all of these worldly things and every time I'm disappointed. But friend, I can promise you one thing, that if you will place your hope and your trust fully In Jesus Christ, He will never fail you. Psalm 50 verse 1 says, The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sits. Isaiah 12 2 says, See, God has come to save me. I will trust in Him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Psalm 36, verses 6 and 7 says, Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Amen. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. Number three, He is our everlasting Father. He is our everlasting Father. This speaks of the divine love of God. There is nothing greater. There is nothing that you can pair, that you can compare His love to. There is nothing like the love of God. It is everlasting. It is all encompassing. It is all surrounding. It is great. It is awesome. There is nothing you can compare it to. The love of God is divine. His care continues forever. He cares about every detail of your life this morning. Every desire. Every thought. And He will never stop loving you. And He will never stop caring for you. Isaiah 63 verse 16 says, Surely you are still our Father. Even if Abraham and Jacob would disown us, Lord, you would still be our Father. You are our Redeemer from ages past. Isaiah 64 verse 8 says, and yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. 
Psalm 68, 5 says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. In Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17 says, So you have not dis- you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Isn't it amazing that we are adopted in to the family of God, that we are called his sons and his daughters, that we are his children, that we don't have to do anything to earn that, that we don't have to try, that we don't have to reach a, a, a certain level of perfection. But the, he has adopted us as his sons and his daughters. He is our everlasting father. He calls us sons and daughters. He will never leave. He will never stop loving us. And he will never stop fathering us. What a great everlasting father we have. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting father. And number four, he is the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. How many of you need some peace this morning? Amen. This speaks of the divine authority of God. The fact that he is our prince of peace speaks that He has divine authority. The word prince means he is our captain, our commander-in-chief, our governor, our keeper, our leader, and our Lord. He is supreme, and he has all authority. Another passage of uh, scripture that is not on the screen, Ephesians chapter 2. But these are in the notes. I believe they're also in the notes on the Bible app uh, if you're following along. So the reference is still there, and you can go look it up later if you would like to. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13, going through verse 18, and it says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in His own body on the cross He broke down the wall of hostility and separated us. Or he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. He has brought peace, reconciliation, restoration. No one can compare to him. In John 14, 27, most of you know this verse says, I am leaving you with a gift, and that gift is peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. And lastly, Isaiah 9, and it's actually the next scripture verse after verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 7, and it simply says, His government 
and its peace will never end. His government and its peace will, will never end. Isn't it great? Isn't it awesome? Isn't it amazing that we can hope and trust in Jesus Christ? And we can never be disappointed because the Word of God tells us that His rule, that His reign, it will never end. The peace of God will never end. The peace of God that in the Word of God it talks about how it's the, it surpasses all understanding. His peace, His hope, His joy, and the nature of Christ, there is nothing like it. There is nothing that you can compare it to. In fact, it's not even sometimes comprehensible. Sometimes the greatness of God and His peace and His character and His nature is so great. It is so astounding that sometimes we can't even fathom it in our own human mind. But it's that amazing that we can put our hope, we can put our trust in Jesus Christ and He will not fail us. And again, the Bible says that He will be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the river.